Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first off-season edition of Brewers on Tap. Of course, if you remember last year, we bring you Brewers on Tap. They're abbreviated versions over the course of the off-season, and they are sporadic, so to speak. But it is our Brewers on Tap hot stove edition. And there's been some news over the course of the last week, and we want to catch you up on all of that news, of course. The World Series in the books. The Nationals win the World Series over the Astros in seven games. And so the offseason calendar has begun. And the biggest news of the offseason so far from a Brewers standpoint is certainly that Lorenzo Cain finally has his gold glove. That was announced earlier this week. It is hard to believe this is the first in the career of Lorenzo Cain. But boy, was it deserving, and it feels like a big weight has been lifted off the back of not just Lorenzo Cain, but the fans, the coaching staff, his teammates, everybody wanted to see this happen for Lorenzo Cain, and good for him. He will finally be a Gold Glove winner. Very, very cool. Of course, we know that Christian Yelich is a finalist for the NL MVP for the second consecutive year. Can he bring home the hardware for the second consecutive year. This is going to be a close race between him and Cody Bellinger. That'll be interesting when it gets released coming up very soon. And then, of course, Craig Council is a finalist for the NL Manager of the Year. I really like Craig Council's chances of taking home Manager of the Year. All three of the last three seasons, really, Craig Council had a great argument to be considered for NL Manager of the year. So some big news there. Back to Lorenzo Cain. He was also named the Wilson Defensive Player of the Year for center field. So the accolades keep coming in. And of course, Christian Yelich was the silver slugger in right field as well. So a lot of things happening from an award standpoint for the Brewers. Now, the other part of it is some business stuff on the Brewers' agenda. And the first thing that really was on the agenda was deciding whether or not to pick up these options that were hanging out there for the crew. You knew there were mutual options for Mike Moustakis and Yasmani Grandal, and you knew that the odds of those options being exercised by both parties were pretty much slim and none, and that's exactly what happened. Neither Yasmani Grandal or Mike Moustakis uh, were going to opt in on those mutual options, so they are now free agents. The Brewers have expressed interest in bringing them back, and only time will tell whether or not those two end up back in a Brewers uniform. But there were some team options that the Brewers had to make decisions on. Eric Thames, Chase Anderson, and Manny Pena. Manny Pena's option was exercised, and that is good news for the Brewers, for the Brewers pitchers as well, because Pena is such a good, solid defensive catcher, and he's worked with all these guys for a long time. They will have that familiarity for sure back with them behind the plate. Also, Chase Anderson was traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. The Brewers got back Chad Spanberger. He's a first baseman with a lot of power, former Arkansas Razorback. He was in AA last year. Didn't have the biggest year in AA a season ago, but uh, unlimited power from Chance, Chad Spanberger. So he comes to the Brewers. Chase Anderson and his $8.5 million salary now goes to the Toronto Blue Jays. So the Brewers were able to save some payroll there, and then Eric Thames' option was declined. Brewers have said they would be interested in bringing Eric Thames back on maybe a smaller deal, but his option was declined. That makes him a free agent as well. So that's kind of the news on the Brewers' front from an offseason standpoint. We'll 
get closer to winter meetings in December, and then there'll be some tender, non-tender decisions coming up right before that as well. And uh, this thing's about to get really going in terms of the baseball offseason. I had a chance to sit down with Adam McCalvey of MLB.com, and we talked about all this news that I just laid out for you. Adam McCalvey joins us to talk about the news of the offseason so far. I think the most um, special thing that has happened has certainly been that Lorenzo Cain finally gets the gold glove. We've all been clamoring for this for uh, not just the last couple of months, but for the last couple of years. He's been very deserving of it. Somehow it's escaped him, but not anymore. He finally gets to have that stitching on his glove in 2020. Uh, it's such a big deal for the player. You know, you'll see it, the gold uh, patch on the Rawlings gloves for the guys who wear Rawlings. Um, very cool honor. I was thinking for some strange reason about my favorite quotes of this season. And a couple of them that jumped to my mind are, um, I guess the regression didn't happen. It was a great quote. Yeah. Um, I'm not as good as I was, but in the big moment, I'm still the guy. It was a great quote. And then the other one was Gio Gonzalez at the end of the season when he said, I don't know what we have to do if we have to go to Tiffany's and buy the man a gold glove, but get the man a, gold, a damn gold glove. Uh, those are, you know, the, the players from really opening day when he won the game against the Cardinals mm-hmm. made it a campaign. And, you know, that stuff matters. It's just like the BBWAA Awards. Um, when there's a when your teammates are out there singing your praises and making a case, um, the voters of the various awards hear that. And I think for Lorenzo Cain, um, his teammates were a part of sort of raising awareness to this crazy idea that he'd never won one before. I think in, in a lot of ways to the fans, too, it was it was as important for Lorenzo Cain to win a gold glove as it is for Christian Yelich to win another MVP. I mean, that's how big of a deal it was because people just feel like he's been slighted in that regard over the years, and it was deserving. Also wins the Wilson Defensive Player of the Year in center field, and, of course, Christian Yelich wins a, a silver slugger. He is up for the MVP. He's one of the three finalists. Craig Council is one of the three finalists for manager of the year. I think he's got a great shot to win that, in my opinion. So uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks in that regard. But we have had some offseason news already as well. And the first kind of order of business were the options, the team options. Um, there were the mutual options, but that's not as newsworthy because everybody anticipated that Grandal and Moustakis would opt out of those. But the Brewers declined to pick up the option on Eric Thames. That might have been the biggest surprise of all of the news that came out last week. Did that one surprise you too? Yeah. I'm not alone? Yeah. Good. (laughs) Because I thought that one was a stone-cold lock. It really is a $6.5 million decision, a $7.5 million option with a million-dollar buyout. And I thought for $6.5 million, um, I think is 116, weighted runs created plus, another big power year, no more Jesus Aguilar to fill in that spot, needs elsewhere on the infield. I just thought it was kind of a no-brainer to bring Eric Thames and, and not have first base be one of the positions that you're looking at. But, you know, we talked to David Stearns, and the explanation was simply that um, they think they can take those resources and fill that area and, and have something left over to help address another area. Um, they have not closed the door on bringing Eric Thames back at a, at a different price. We'll see what the open market bears for him. Um, but it was certainly a, a surprise um, to me that, again, it's, it's, it's always in the context and, and the idea that they have sort of third base up in the air a mm-hmm. little bit, catcher, it seems like they need another guy. Who knows what they'll do at uh, shortstop? I mean, they now have some pretty serious questions all over the infield. And if to step back and just take the 30,000-foot view, 
this is going to be a winter of significant roster remaking. And that is very much unlike last winter when that team that made it to within a winner of the World Series came back almost totally intact mm-hmm. with the Osmani Grandal added. Um, this winter is just going to be a lot different. And I think that the Eric Thames decision, if anything, kind of reinforced that, that they're looking at uh, more sweeping changes this year. I think it's always easy to, Adam, we, we tend to do this. We look at these moves in a vacuum, but uh, there is a big picture. There is a whole offseason plan, and we don't know exactly what that is, but we usually have a pretty good idea by the time spring training rolls around. And in a lot of ways, they're they're able to pool as many resources as possible to go get the biggest impact players that they can, whether that be pitching or whether that be a bat. Um, it, it, it is. It's going to be fascinating to see. And part of that money saving also came in the form of moving Chase Anderson to Toronto. Chad Spanberger comes back, uh, former Arkansas Razorback that has some pretty good power. But in reality, the Brewers were able to clear a lot of salary by not having to decline the option on Chase Anderson that saved them some money and certainly not pick it up and he gets to go to a place where he's going to be a part of the rotation in Toronto yeah look and you you acquire something in Spamberger power that you can't teach so you know maybe a little Russ Brannion in there I remember Russ Brannion hitting 575 foot home runs at this place um I don't know that that's we'll, we'll see whether that move pans out but but that also looked like a move to clear a little salary and look we talk about needs uh, starting pitching is um, they felt great about their depth going into last season. It didn't work out with the young guys, and now they face some decisions on, you know, where's Corbin Burns going to fit? Mm-hmm. Is Freddie Peralta in the discussion still about the rotation, or do you just think of him now as a, a bullpen guy? Where's Brent Suter fit? Um, they have some significant, I think, work to do to add depth back and get some innings back that they know they're going to need to get through a season. That's one thing we've seen the last couple of years. I think it's three years in a row they've matched the record for number of pitchers used in franchise history, 30, if if my memory serves me. Um, So they're going to need a lot of guys. And, um, you know, on one hand you think, well, then why would they part with a kind of steady veteran? Again, it's about those resources. That's $8.5 million that they cleared. They feel like that money can be spread around through a couple different areas and work within their general, you know, larger payroll constraints and still field a competitive team. Because you've got Christian Yelich in the absolute prime of his career, you do not want to waste this. The goal is going to be get to the playoffs and advance, and to do that you're going to need a, a lot of pitching. So it's, I don't know that that one surprised me as much as Eric Thames, um, but it, it, it opens another sort of hole of innings. It was about 139 innings now that they're going to have to replace. And Chase Anderson pitched. He said it, and I give him credit for saying, look, I did a good job here. Um, mm-hmm. He's proud of the work he did in Milwaukee, and he should be. Uh, Brewers are going to have to figure out a way to, to you know, bring in those 140-so innings. Probably, the, to me, the biggest no-brainer was to bring back Manny Pena on a very affordable option. He is a tremendous defensive player, and he hit really from the beginning of June on. He hit and was a, a pretty good bat in the lineup, and the Brewers put him in there as well. And that will give them some stability behind the plate with these arms, whether or not Yasmani Grandal ends up back in a Brewers uniform. That's going to be a tough re-sign. Yasmani Grandal, you know, he had a, a nice offer out there last year. He felt like um, it wasn't quite what the market should have bore, so he came back on the one-year deal. He's going to be looking for a significant multi-year mm-hmm. contract. And again, if, if that were the only area the Brewers needed to upgrade and the money was okay, um, I think they would spend, I think they'd love to have him back. Any team would love to have that kind of production from catcher. You just don't get it with many other guys. But again, 
What are they going to do with Travis Shaw at third? What's going to happen now at first? Are they going to try to bring in a shortstop to compete with Orlando Arcia to push him a little bit? Are they going to spend on some pitching? It looks like they need some veteran pitching. Is there going to be enough room to also bring in Yasmani Grandal? That's going to be really challenging, I think. Um, that's, that's one where I, I'd be surprised if he's back. But look, I, I say this to you, I feel like every time we talk, Lane, David Stearns is going to do something that nobody sees coming. Yep. And I guarantee you they've got some ideas. They don't just go into the offseason and react. Mm-hmm. Um, there is significant planning that goes into moves like this and sort of playing the three-dimensional chess of being a general manager going into an offseason. So I promise you there's going to be some surprising moves. There's going to be some moves that we kind of scratch our head and go, oh, they're going to try to get by with that. And then, boom, Eric Thames hits 30-plus home runs coming back from Korea. They're, they're pretty smart, um, and I give them a, a – I give them a pretty good chance of fielding a competitive team next year. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you're right. I mean, you think back to last year, the Yasmani Grandal deal, there's a notification the night before that it happens, and, and there really wasn't even that much talk about it. Two years prior to that, the deal for Yelich is made, and then Kane is signed an hour later. Um, that was obviously surprising in the way that it went down. There had been some rumors linking the Brewers to Kane prior to that and some rumors linking the Brewers uh, to to Yelich prior to that, and then the Thames deal was another one where it just kind of came out of the out of the blue. And so, the Brewers are pretty good at working under the radar and making some big moves under the radar as well. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yep, anytime. My thanks to Adam McAlvey for joining us on Brewers on Tap Hot Stove. That's a quick, fast, hard hitting edition of Brewers on Tap Hot Stove. We'll come back with you with more as news becomes available. Hope you're having a great off season. Stay warm, Brewers fans. Baseball's not that far away. I'm Lane Grindle.